Welcome to Law Enforcement Today, the podcast. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. I'm a radio broadcaster and also retired Baltimore police sergeant. In every Law Enforcement Today podcast, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Be sure to check out our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and please take the time to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. We're starting off our podcast today on a sad note in the news, Tecumseh, Oklahoma. 22-year-old police officer Justin Turney was shot and killed this past week. As a rookie, just about a year on the job. 22 years age. 20, just, just turned 22. A, a very young man, the very start of his career. I was listening to an interview of the police chief. And he's talking about they've never experienced this in Tecumseh, Oklahoma. And the entire department's in shock. They've never had anything like this happen. This this young officer pulled over a car. Uh, to make a long story short, there was a, a bailout, a foot chase. The officer deployed his taser. Tries to pull that taser. And apparently it, it did strike the, the suspect, the taser. And I won't name the suspect, but it didn't take effect. And the suspect turned around and shot the officer several times. The officer did return fire, wounding the suspect. But sadly, Justin Turney... 22 years of age was killed in the line of duty and that's just we've been through this so many times over the years it never gets easier to hear the news and yeah. my first thought is his family you know and and the other officers dealing with this is so bad and the other aspect is i know i've had nightmares about equipment not working many police i know have the nightmare about you know you have to discharge the revolver or nine millimeter whatever it is in line of duty and it, the bullet just kind of like peters out and just it doesn't work or the worst case scenario nightmare is it malfunctions and hurts someone else. Right. So we'll talk about those nightmares uh, another time. But just sad news for uh, the, the entire country losing a young man like that in, in such devastating style. Then we had a horrific incident here in South Miami Florida, Day. Miami, just just a, a couple days ago. AK-47 was shot multiple rounds, posted a picture on our website. Thank God the officers sustained, uh, if you can say minor injuries with an AK-47. They did. Uh, yeah, one they, was hitting the foot. They were, the like, they were sitting there doing surveillance in a high crime area and a group came up and just started opening fire on them. Just thank God. Uh, even the, the director, um, Miami Dade has directors of law enforcement. He was said they must have contorsed their body in some type of way not to be able to hit. And if you see pictures of the cars, you'll know why. Because those rounds, like I said, went right through the vehicle. They're lucky to be alive. And, uh, and there's probably a scenario the group walk or the suspect walks up behind them. They don't see him coming, you know, and, and if they recognize him as police for whatever reason, just opened up on him. It's an ambush. And, and I'm going to say this. These ambush attacks have got to be brought to a, an immediate halt. Law enforcement in this country and the politicians and City Hall, they got to do what you got to do to put this to an end. It can't Stop happen Stop being anymore. politically correct. Now, but- the good news is these officers will survive. The bad news is it's too early to tell the extent of their injuries. Correct. And how devastating or life-changing they may be. Not only to them, but their families. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our thoughts, our prayers for a full and speedy recovery for both of those officers in Miami-Dade and everybody else who's been injured as well. Joining us today from the Orlando, Florida area, we have Detective Pete Hernandez and Jimmy Brown from Wounded Officer Initiative. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on Law Enforcement Today podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. And uh, with it. us is Robert Greenberg, CEO of Law Enforcement Today. This is a subject 
that Robert and I are very, very passionate about. When we discover what you guys are doing to help wounded officers, which, by the way, almost no one talks about, especially in the news media, we got really, really jacked up. So we got to have these guys on the show. Tell us a little bit about your organization. What do you do? Basically, the Wounded Officers Initiative is a, is a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, we created the organization to help bring awareness, advocacy, and other services to wounded law enforcement officers that were catastrophically injured in the line of duty throughout the nation. And you know what happens is you see the news reports, and, and I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want to see anybody get shot. Uh, we had this happen in Miami. Robert and I just got done talking about it. And you hear in the news, the good news, the officer is going to survive. And what they don't tell you is... What happens after? Right. And the extent of their injuries. And sometimes these injuries are catastrophic, life-changing, not just for the officer, but for family members who want to become caregivers. It's a lot that's never reported. Usually what we hear is that they're non-life-threatening injuries. Right. And that's the end of it. That's all you hear about it. But non-life-threatening does not mean non-life-changing. Absolutely. You know, non-life-threatening can mean you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life or you've lost a leg. We talk about the wounded officer and we talk about the, the healing process that takes place in the hospital. And most news reports are capturing what just happened at the moment at the hospital, what the doctor says at that second. But they don't really realize that the recovery process begins way after officer leaves the hospital and you know that's where they get lost they get lost in the shuffle the headlines have ended and what happens to them they just disappear right and they're oftentimes retired and uh, given a badge retirement badge and, and sent another way and that's it no one ever cares jimmy if someone is listening right now and they have a, a friend or co-worker severely injured and let's say it's in new york you guys are based in florida can they come to you guys for help yes they absolutely can we have what we do is we, we want to highlight all of these wounded officers and their stories, and we have a process that they go through um, to submit these officers, and they do that through our website, woundedofficersinitiative.org, and we will recognize them similar to Officer Down Memorial page. As far as other services right now, we are uh, based in Central Florida, but we're, we're gradually growing, and certain programs will spread faster than others, but we are, um, this is a, a national organization. But the reality is it has to start somewhere. So you're going to recognize the officers, and then you also do other things to help with um, coping coping and have. changes in lifestyle? Yes, it's our, uh, that's our Blue Line Support Program. Can you tell us a little bit about the Blue Line Support Program? Yeah, well, Jay and Robert, the Wounded Officers Initiative has taken a holistic approach in regards to helping wounded okay. officers. Um, we're not just simply doing one thing that that helps them or or when they need help what we're, what we're trying to do is we are working towards developing financial stability for these wounded officers by assuring that they have the benefits and the programs that they've earned we are trying to make sure that they have the mental well-being so that way they can recover from the traumatic incident that they suffer we're not only talking about the physical aspect but we're also talking about the mental wounds that come with doing the job and then we're talking about the re-education, you know, what is catastrophic, what is deemed a catastrophic injury in law enforcement isn't always necessarily a catastrophic injury in, in the regular world. For instance, an officer who has an amputation, like an arm amputation, perhaps they can't be in law enforcement anymore, but that doesn't mean that that person can't be in an attorney, cannot do other another trade or another profession. So a lot of people that come into law enforcement have a career set in which they earn a degree in 
through justice or something like that. So we're trying to work with the educational institutions to get them re-educated and reintroduced back into the workforce. So it's a holistic approach. It's not just one thing that the Wounded Officers Initiative is doing. It's about completing an entire solution for I'm, a problem. I'm glad you brought that part up because that, that part hits near dear to me. I was retired on a severe hand injury. I had multiple surgeries, multiple steel plates, and most people won't recognize it when they see me but you know my hand doesn't move my wrist is locked in place and i couldn't do police work anymore but i did go to school after a while to learn how to become a radio dj i didn't have help help didn't exist back then but so i'm able to work but there's a lot of people out there that can't there's two different styles of i mean not styles two different types of injuries there's catastrophic injuries and there's ones that uh will be life-changing limiting your ability to do police work or not able to do police work but you can do other things in life so you guys really help with that as well. Exactly. We're, what we're trying to do is um, we're trying to make sure that they can still maintain a living. It's about self-value. A, a cop always wants to feel that they're needed, that they're serving a purpose for the community. So the reintegration back into society is extremely important for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and we that sense of purpose is kind of what we live for. If you think about every single day that we get up and we go to work, we put on that uniform, that badge, and we go out there, it's for a purpose. It's a purpose to serve the society. And when that's all stripped away from them, that doesn't mean that we take a, a valued member of society and just cast them aside. We could go ahead and put those people back to continue being a productive member of society by doing these programs. And Jimmy, how, how would people get in contact with you? I know that's something that me and Pete have discussed and we're trying to get the word out there. Where would they go to get this information, contact you if they were injured on the job? Well, they can hit us up through the, the website, which is wounded or they can hit us up through the Facebook page. We have a messenger component on there. Um, they can also email us at info, info at woundedofficers.initiative.org, um, or our main line is 407-499-5050. Any number of those, you know, any, any one of those ways, uh, they can contact us and we can guide them through the process of submitting an officer or whatever else it is that they may be calling about. We'll make sure we put that information on our Facebook page as well, how people can contact you. Now, here's a scenario that's come to mind for me and several other people. We know some severely injured officers and they won't, they're very proud individuals, they won't volunteer information. So if a guy like me wants to nominate someone, is, is there a mechanism that we can do that? We need information um, we need their information because we have a process that we go through to, to make sure that they that we can fully vet them and verify their employment history, verify their incidents and all the particulars of it. Because uh, we don't we don't want to get into a case where we have somebody that is highlighted or honored that doesn't truly deserve it. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking about guys who really, really deserve it. But if you approach them about, it, they're gonna say, "No, no, don't bother. Someone else needs it more than me." That's the scenario I'm talking about because I know a lot of guys like oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can go on the website and you can you can fill out the form and send it in. They don't have to nominate themselves or they don't even have to uh, say, you know, please nominate me. We'll, we'll contact them. The caveat is that if they truly do not want to have their stories up, we will honor that. Okay, okay. And we, gotcha. we do have officers here locally that are wounded that just simply do not want their information. Not, not that they don't want their information up there. They don't, they don't want their stories out there. We they can understand like, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. Let me ask you, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really concerned because uh, I know speaking with Jay, and this is why I'm asking this question, that a lot of times when an officer gets injured, 
Unfortunately, um, because of the nature of the beast, we end up doing things that are more detrimental than or as detrimental as the injuries, such as uh, substance abuse and drinking and yeah, withdrawing you, from family, friends, society, feeling all alone. Do you guys work with that? Do you have programs set up where people can get help in those areas as well? Absolutely. We do. But again, as I said before, you know, we, we have to start somewhere and Central Florida is our, is our proving ground. And the reality is it's going to take resources and manpower for us to get where we have substantial coverage across the country. But that is our ultimate goal. Our Blue Line support program is up and running on a limited basis here locally because of the pulse attack. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're in the process of raising funds to get our peers trained and have a core group to serve 10,000 active uh, LEOs in the Central Florida area. But we went live earlier than we wanted to because we were actually getting hit up by officers who knew what we were doing, and they were having trouble coping with what they experienced at the fault. I understand. So for those of us who want to help out, is there a way to make contributions to, to help with the, the overhead? Because uh, something like this is not cheap or free. It, it takes a lot of effort, I'm sure. Yes, it does. And, and uh, if anybody wants to donate, they can either do that directly on Facebook. There's a donate button on there, and, or they can do- donate directly through our website. About the Blue Line Support Program, uh, the Blue Line Support Program is a peer-to-peer support program that utilizes also mental health professionals as well as substance abuse professionals. It's unlike EAP in which um, somebody has a limited amount of visitations that they could go to. They could go to as many visitations as they want. And if they're not jiving real well with one of the mental health professionals that we refer them to, we'll refer them to another till we get it right. That's um, that's big and, time and the, right there. Yeah, that's a big thing. Now, there's another focus of this that is a completely different is that this service with the Blue Line support, if we have an officer that's going through the Blue Line support program, their spouse can also get counseling and training to help the officer, help their spouse get through what they're going through. Because the bottom line is, you know, the MA, the mental health professional, the substance abuse professional, they're only going to be with that officer for a limited amount of time. Right. The family's going to be with that officer forever. So why not train them? Why not educate them to help that officer get through it? And let's keep them a family unit and keep them together because then you keep the officer whole. It's a whole different aspect. And, it, and like I said, it's, it's a program that we are going to be rolling out nationally. Central Florida's program alone will serve over 10,000 active LEOs, 65 law enforcement agencies. And that's not even getting into the realm of the retired officers because we're also offering that program to them as well. We know a lot of the retired officers are really hurting. There's, there's quite a few out there that we talked about it very quickly when we first started this interview. You're on the job, you get hurt, and in most agencies, what happens is the doctors involved say, okay, you're done, and you're home, and you don't see anybody ever again. That even applies to when you actually make the finish line and you retire, you know, after doing the full 20, 25, 30, whatever it is, you get to that finish line, everybody tends to think, hey, I got, I got there, and, and I'm unscathed, and everything's good, but you're carrying all that baggage from that entire career with you across that finish line. You're carrying it into retirement. If you haven't done anything with it, which, you know, let's, let's be honest, most of us in this profession haven't, you're, now you're dealing with it. Now you're sitting there. You don't have something occupying your thoughts every day, and now you've got to deal with it. And a lot of times you see guys that end up killing themselves after they retire. 
Well, we can't do things you, you alone. You make it that long. You, you sacrifice your, your pretty much the majority of your life to doing this job. The least we could do is remember you even after you're outside the job. We talk about we're a family. Well, a family doesn't end after you retire. A family continues. We have to take care of each other, and that's what Blue Line Support is there for. Awesome. All, you know awesome. one of the things I would love to see happen? Go ahead, Jim. And we've been talking about this. Robert and I have been talking about this off the air quite a bit. You know, we all have protocols in every department, general orders, rules and regulations. When such and such happens, here's the, the, the protocols of what you do, how you handle it. And you have an officer who who is severely injured, who's at home, is retired. And a lot of us are hesitant to reach out to talk to him because we don't know what to say. We don't know how to act. It's like there's not a there's not a rule book and uh, you, you don't want to say the wrong thing. I think that they're often forgotten about. I mean, once you're gone and uh, yeah, they they that's are. The that, that's the common denominator that we see with all the wounded officers that we talk to is that all of their friends slowly went away. Right. Um, and it's not so much about saying anything. It, it's just about being. It's just about the presence and, and being around. Right. Uh, because, you, you know, they, they start to feel like pariahs. Well, I know you had mentioned a couple of things that some things come to mind. You guys can't do this alone, obviously. You need help. So let's say I'm, a, I'm an officer in Texas. I'm an officer in California. They hear this podcast and they say, wow, I'd like to learn and actually build on the model that both Jimmy and, and Pete are building with the Wounded Officers Initiative. What can they do? How are you going to have them involved? And is it going to be a chapter? Is it going to fall under one roof? What's, what's the vision, Pete? Well, what we're planning on doing is actually we have somewhat of a game plan. Uh, once we establish the Central Florida region, um, and because there's going to be some growing pains with it. Uh, unbeknownst to us, we thought we were going to start small and then expand the program. But when we figured the five counties of surrounding Orange County that it would be that, little did we realize five counties actually encompass 65 law enforcement agencies and was going to be over 10,000 large. So we, we will be expanding the programs after we figure out how this works and the best model to make this work. And we will be getting other groups that are involved, like um, up in Boston, we have an organization called VIPO, Violently Injured Police Officers Organization up in Boston. They look like they'll be taking on the blue line model up there after we get everything established here. And, and we'll be expanding the program that way. So. I got you. And both of you guys are still full time, right? Still active. Yes. yes. See, and, and, and the reason I bring that up is, is it's a big nut that you're biting off. Um, yeah. That's a lot of work on a top of your regular job. <laughs> so, so if let's say I hear this, you know, and, and I want to get involved, you know, what can we do to get the word out and get people involved and to put a little juice and power booster into the organization? And what type of expertise are you looking for to help you guys grow? Well, Robert, one of the biggest things that, you know, and it's one of the most difficult things for us to ask for, and that's the financial assistance. Mm-hmm. With Blue Line support, although it's dependent of the individual client officers insurance paying for the mental health provider or the inpatient service if they have to go for substance rehabilitation any deductibles and copay actually come from the wounded officers initiative we pay those copays or those deductibles now if you take into account today's day of the affordable care act and how insurance premiums are through the roof and deductibles are through the roof we need to have that money in the bank so we could pay for those fees um for instance at the Orange County Sheriff's Office, a single person's deductible 
is about $4,000. Right. Which is th- standard know, so, in our area. Right, right. But, you know, how many people have $4,000 to go many. ahead and deal with a drinking problem? Yeah, let's, let, let's <laughs> Especially re- when they're having a drinking right, problem. Right, let's rephrase yeah, that. Not- how many law enforcement people have $4,000? No, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. You know, um, I'm just so glad that there's people like you. Pete, you're an active duty detective now. I am. So you I know, you've been in the job a long time. I have been. <laughs> and so you've seen, and I'm not trying to age you, I'm not trying to embarrass you in front of people, but when you've been a cop for a while, and I use that term with, with nothing but respect and dignity, because I, I like that term, but when you've been a cop <clears throat> for a very long time, you've seen a lot of things, and you've seen a lot of horrible things that happen to people you work with. And it's so easy to just shrug it off as, you know, it just don't make sense anymore. And I'm only one person. What can I do about this? So you guys are taking the bull by the horns and learning as you go. I also offer what Jay's saying, Pete, what happened in that, you know, you guys got really and said, we got to do something about this. Is this a specific incident? Was it something to you personal, a brother officer, sister officer? What happened? Um, It's actually a little embarrassing. Um, (laughs) Uh, it was in 2014. I happened to be at the police week in Washington, D.C., and I was at the candlelight vigil. It's sad to say, you know, after being on the, on the job now, I've been in law enforcement over 25 years. But at that point, it was, um, I want to say, close to 23. Right. Um, they were doing the candlelight vigil, and the, the speaker that was up on the podium had asked for the survivors to please stand up. And... and as ignorant as I was, I was standing on the little hill and I, and I looked at a group of people in front of me that were in chairs stand up and I, and I was actually confused at the fact that I didn't see, you know, guys in wheelchairs and amputees or, you know, guys that were injured in the line of duty. I didn't see law enforcement officers that were injured. Right. Instead, I was watching the family members of fallen officers. Right. And at that moment of confusion, I realized that I'd been ignorant and ignored something for all those years. What happens to our, our wounded? And I don't think we you're do alone in that. I think job. a lot of us do that. A lot, a lot of us, and it's not done purposely or not out of ignorance. It's, it's you get busy with life. And so, you know, Jay, the thing is, I, I just never really thought. Of it. Yeah. So, I, I so you. from that moment, you got motivated to start this organization. That's incredible. Well, from that moment, I harassed my wife, who was back home in Florida, asking her to find an organization that um, dealt with wounded officers, and she could not find a single national organization that did that. She found uh, a bunch of little local pockets that are out there that help. You there know, are a lot of locals, yes. Jurisdictions, um, but nothing that actually addressed the true issues that wounded officers face and offered a complete solution to it. And that's when we created the model of the Wounded Officers Initiative. We created it to be a solution, not a dependency, an organization that creates a hand up. Okay. And, now, for and, those smaller, smaller local organizations, if they wanted to coordinate with you and learn how they can expand their coverage, is there a way to contact you? Just go to the website? Absolutely. They could go to the website or give us a call directly, 407-499-5050, and um, they'll reach out to us. And we're more than happy to work with everybody that's out there that's everybody everybody whose heart is in the right place that really wants to do the right thing and can be dedicated and committed to these wounded officers for the commitment they made to us as a for the society absolutely come on board with more than willing to work with them we we got jimmy on the line too we've kind of like 
bypass him for a little while. I, I want to talk a little bit about his background. Pete, right. well, well, you're not. Would, yeah, well, you're not his wife, obviously. No, no pun intended. So, <laughs> how did how did Pete suck you into helping him? Or probably didn't have to do much coercion. But how did you get you know, involved? You know, Pete. Pete and a couple of the guys were already down the road a little bit by the time he he kind of caught my background. Um, when I was a cop up in New York, I was involved with a peer support organization okay. called Papa. Um, that they, they cater uh, specifically to NYPD officers. And he reached out to me, asked me if we could have coffee, and he sent me a brochure. I kind of looked at the website, read up on it. It's a great you know concept. Wish you the best of luck. I had a lot of things going on, and right. I was trying to figure out the best way to tell him. We, we met of all places at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> trying to figure out how to tell him, you know, I, I love it, but I ain't got time. Sorry. Right. And as soon as Pete opened his mouth, he started talking. God kicked me in the butt and told me, listen, just take a step of faith. I got the rest. So That's me awesome. personally, I know that God's got his hand on this thing, and he's been showing it uh, all this way for the last two years. So I know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of um, when and in what form. Now, you guys have a gala coming up in Orlando uh, the weekend of what? What are the dates? Uh, of all dates, April Fool's Day, April 1st. Okay. And t- this is, is this your first gala? And uh, if not, uh, how many have you done before? This is going to be our third gala. Um, we actually kicked off the organization, making it public, um, back three years ago. Okay. Uh, that one was basically uh, to let everybody know what we were doing and what we were creating. Then last year, we had what was called Heroes Weekend, where we had wounded officers from around the country. We invited them to come down to Orlando to participate in a bunch of events surrounding our annual gala for that year. This year, we're doing the same. This year, we have approximately 18 wounded officers from all over the country that's flying in to partake in this weekend's event. And um, we're proud to have Robert join us for himself and experience it. I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, um, I know I've said this off the air, but uh, I'm honored to be a part of it. Hopefully, uh, I know some people don't want to speak, but we can get some of the officers that have benefited from both what Jimmy and Pete are working on uh, with the Wounded Officers Initiative. And we can get them to tell their stories. And I That'd know we can touch a lot of people out there because people want to know that they're not alone. You know, as far as uh, like, I, I know that's something that me and Pete started to talk about initially was we always take care of and speak about people that get killed in the line of duty. Right. But those that are injured are the forgotten officers. And uh, once I heard that, uh, Pete didn't have to say much more to me. So you'll be up there and you'll be telling his details and a following podcast about all the things that happened, right? I'll do whatever it is that Pete uh, would like me to do. You can do some photos and have them on our our Facebook page and all that? I think my thing is two things. I think uh, we're going to go up there and speak to the people and find out all the great things that they're doing. And if Pete wants to utilize law enforcement today to... To spread the word, I, you know me, He's he, I've already spoken to him. Uh, we're behind him 100%. Now, this is, uh, I want to thank you. Detective Pete Hernandez, do you want to say what agency you work for? Or is that like a violation of 87 orders or rules? Uh, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, I'm with the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Awesome. I'm a side detective, now assigned to cold case. Um, however, I seem to be working a lot of hot and cold cases. So. I'm sure you're busy then. 
And also, little, you know. <laughs> also your partner, Jimmy Brown, who Jimmy Brown was a New York police department police officer for about nine years, he said, and then transitioned over because you want to be a hero and liked by everybody to be a firefighter, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I have a, definitely have a unique perspective on the uh, the nuanced differences of the two jobs. Oh my god! All it all it was was a change on the patch on my sleeve. I was the same person, but I went from being a villain to a hero. Are they funny? In, it's, in, uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And it's quite a rivalry. It's it's like siblings between right. police and firefighters. <laughs> yeah. We love to yeah. jab at each other all the time. You know, it, fun. Enough, I had a I had a former partner on NYPD that when I went to the fire department, he would not talk to me at functions at all. I was dead to him. <laughs> you were you were dead to him because he became a firefighter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was dead to him. It was, you know, some people take it a little you know a little rivalry a little too far, but hey. That's his baggage to carry around, not mine. Well, I'm glad you're... And by the way, you're always welcome here. You're always family to us. How's that sound? <laughs> well, I ended up back in law enforcement, so it's all good, right? There you go. There you go. So, the, again, the website for you guys <laughs> is woundedofficerinitiative.org. Is that it? That it is. Yes. And if people have any questions, you can check them out on our Facebook page. You can uh, go to contact on your page. And, of course, we'll have links on ours as well as lawenforcementtoday.com. And also on our Facebook page, just be sure to like us. And uh, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us. And also, thanks, I mean, a ton for what you do. And, and I'm looking forward to ways. I can't come up there this weekend for your, your gala. But I promise you I will do something to try to help you guys. So don't be a stranger. Absolutely not. And hey, we look forward to that little birdie dropping that wounded hero application in our box with your name on it. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Thanks, guys, so much. We appreciate it. Have an awesome day. You too, we God appreciate bless. it. Thanks, we can't guys. do this without you guys. Again, big thanks to Detective Pete Hernandez and Jimmy James Brown. From the Great Wounded guest. Officers Initiative, folks. Doing some awesome things, and uh, I, I can't wait to learn more and find out a way that I can help. Coming up in a future episodes of the podcast, the Law Enforcement Today podcast, Robert and I have been talking about doing something pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. We're going to start running contests. Yeah, we'll be uh, getting some things from some of uh, LET supporters to donate, to give away to our listeners. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll give you details about that. And some possible show topics coming up. One of the things that I've been researching is the term COP, C-O-P. And I'm going to put a poll on our Facebook page very, very soon. Check back often. And we'd like you to to answer the poll. Uh, The poll question is, do you find the term COP offensive? Yes, and Jay's even done some homework and knows where the term cop originated. Do you do you I, know where the cop I, I do now I do. You know what? I had no idea. Yeah. I what I thought it came from was absolutely one hundred percent wrong. Well and I'd be willing to bet most people out there that think they know the origin of the word phrase cop are probably wrong as Correct. well. Correct. Everybody knows where the five O came from, but the well, word tell cop, them in case they don't know. Come on, everybody A lot of knows. young people don't know. Hawaii five O television show. And why was it called Hawaii five O? Because it was filmed in Hawaii. Which was the 50th state. Hence, Hence, 5-0. But now, think about it for a second, Jay. To our listeners out there, where did the word cop originate from? Uh-huh. And do you find it offensive? Look for that poll question on our Facebook page. And also be sure to check us out online at the magnificent website, huge digital presence known as lawenforcementtoday.com. On behalf of Robert Greenberg, CEO, Detective Pete Hernandez, and Jimmy Brown from Wounded Officer Initiative, this is John J. Wiley. Be safe and see ya. Thank you.